Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. In this episode, you're probably going to have a love-hate relationship with the topic. And the topic of today is budgeting. And I know back in my day with dealing with Dave Ramsey and the Ramsey Solutions, there were really two different types of people that he classified when it came to budgeting. And I, I think he's right on the spot with this. There's two people in a marriage. There is usually a planner. And then there is what that he calls a free spirit. The planner is the person that's willing to take the budget, loves having the budget, loves following the budget. But then the other person in the marriage, that free spirit, is just saying, hey, I want to live my life. I don't want to have to be bound to some piece of paper or some Excel spreadsheet. I want to be able to just spend money if I have it. And I don't see any wrong in that. The problem is, is right now in the U.S., they did a study by Career Builder back in 2019 as nearly 78% of the U.S. workers reported living paycheck to paycheck to make ends meet. This means that a significant portion of the population does not have enough savings or financial cushion to handle unexpected expenses or emergencies. Budgeting can help provide a structured plan to manage income, expenses, and savings, leading to improved financial stability and reduced financial stress. I know I've shared similar statistic to that before, but it's super important that we know that nearly 80% of the U.S. is living paycheck to paycheck. And we've got to change that as a society. And I think the budgeting is one of the greatest ways to do that. And it's really sad that we've gotten to this place because if you look at the census data for Michigan, the median income for a family is around $63,000. And the mean income for Michigan, so if you took all the incomes and divided it by each family, it's 85700 So I'd say probably split those two and you're around $75,000 for an income in a family. That should be enough income to be sustainable, to not be living paycheck to paycheck. That just goes back to the social norms that we are battling every single day to keep up with the Joneses or keep up with the house next door or the neighbors next door or your family. So my goal is for you guys to understand why it's important to start the budget and then keep it going because it does give you that financial control and it can allow you to reduce debt and achieve those long-term financial goals or even short-term financial goals. So let's kind of dive into that and the steps to get there. So the first part of this exercise that I want you to do is kind of just take an internal look at your financial situation without writing anything down, without starting to add things up in your head. How do you feel like you're doing? Likely you're probably one of two. You're a part of that 80% with living paycheck to paycheck and you really don't have a financial cushion there. Or you're the person that's saying, hey, I've been doing really well. I have a really high income, but I maybe don't have as much of a financial cushion as I should based on how much I'm making. But I think everybody can follow into that third category. And that's, I feel like I'm not doing as good of a job as I could be. And so that's where I want to push you in this next part is to start taking an internal look before you even start to write anything down to figure out kind of where you're at. And one example I can kind of give to give like an analogy for this 
would be like if you took pasta and you were boiling it in a pot and the pasta and the water and everything is your gross income. And you take that pot and you put it into that strainer to strain out all the water. What's left is normally your noodles. And that would be like your net income. So after you've paid your taxes, your federal taxes, your state taxes, your Medicare, your Social Security, even maybe your local tax, you're left with the noodles. That's your net income. The problem is, is that most of the United States, that strainer has got a gaping hole through the bottom of it. And so when you pour those noodles in, you maybe only get one or two noodles if you're lucky. So at the end of the month, there's not a whole lot there. So the goal should be, if you're pouring that boiling pot of pasta into that strainer, that you're keeping as many noodles as possible. I know that's kind of corny and super simple, but it, it really hits home to most people when they start to realize that they're making all of this money and, and they shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck. And I think a lot of people too, and I've even found myself doing this a number of years ago, especially as you start to get these pay increases and your income goes up and then you look back maybe a year or two years and you're like, man, my income's gone up 20%, but what do I have to show for it? To take an internal look, where are you at? And then from here, this is when we start to set your financial goals. Setting goals is so important because it gives you something to strive for, especially something that's potentially years and years down the road. And I know I've talked about this in one of my previous podcasts, and that was episode 16, Saving as a Mindset. So if that's something that you're interested in and you want to go back, please be sure to listen to that episode as well. But one of the big things is when you're looking at your goals is to kind of split them up in three different categories. So you'll have your short-term, your medium-term, and your long-term. Your short-term goals are anything that you're going to try to accomplish in the next 12 months. This could be to pay off a car. It could be to pay off some kind of personal loan. Maybe it's for a lawnmower or a boat or something that you probably shouldn't have bought in the first place or shouldn't have bought on a loan. Maybe that's something that you want to pay off in the next year. A medium-term goal would be something within the next like two to five years. So this would be like you're just trying to pay off all of your consumer debt. Maybe that's your cars, your credit cards, that kind of thing. Maybe it's you want to pay off your student loans. Maybe it's both student loans and consumer loans. That could be something that you could tackle within that two to five year period, especially if you really went at it with some intensity. And often, if most people really go after it and try to pay off those debts, they're likely able to pay those off in about two years. So it's really not as long as you think if you really go at it, and especially if you use a budget to, to aid yourself in that. The long-term goal would be five years plus. And I know a lot of people give you that, hey, what do you what do you see yourself in five years? Well, I would turn that around and just, what do you see yourself in five years financially? Could that be all of your consumer debts paid for? What would that do? What could that do for you? Would that allow you to stay home with your kids for a year or a couple of years? Would that allow you to go on a bigger vacation? Would that allow you to be able to save more? Would that allow you to buy the house? Those are the things that you want to look at long term. And I know I've talked about that in episode 16. And it's, it's, it's important to have those long term goals because it gives you something to strive for, especially if you want to retire early. It's really, really important to have all of your debts paid for 
if you are going to retire early just because it allows you to have a lower income need to be able to retire early. The biggest thing is when you're looking at your short-term, medium, and long-term is to not only make sure that they're clear, that you have a defined goal of what you want to accomplish, but it's also realistic and achievable. Don't say, hey, I'm going to pay off all of my debts within the next 12 months, but realistically going through your budget, there's no way that you could pay for that. There's no way you could cut certain things in your budget to be able to achieve that. So just making sure that you're being realistic. And obviously, I would love for you guys to pay off your debts as, as soon as possible. Maybe the Dave Ramsey approach doesn't appeal to a lot of people. Hey, you got to eat mac and cheese for the next five years. Uh, I, I understand that. But making sure that you're taking a deep look and going, okay, what could that help me do? Could that help me be able to stay home? Could that allow me to go start my new business? You know, there's a ton of different options once you've paid that debt off. And I've had this conversation with some of my clients and one of my clients more recently is they were making a lot more money. They got some really big step ups in income. They were really able to start paying off debt. And and then he started playing the game of, well, if I'm making this interest rate and I can invest this money instead, am I better off? And I just said, hey, we can look at numbers all day and go numb or you can pay this debt off in a couple of years or a couple of months, you can look back and go, man, look at all the options I have. It's a lot more options than saying, hey, I got to put it in the stock market or I've got to put it in real estate. And that's where it's really important to pay off these debts and start to make some really good financial goals because it opens up so many opportunities for you down the road. So let's now move to the next part and that be creating the actual budget. And there's a bunch of different ways to do this, whether you want to do it you know, with with full technology using apps, or you want to use an Excel spreadsheet, or if you want to do it just old-fashioned pen and paper. I really don't care. Just make sure that you're doing something that you're going to stick with long-term. But I will encourage you, especially your first time around, to do it pen and paper, just because you are going to retain a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the bills that you are paying for by writing it out. Doing it electronically and maybe using some of the apps you are able to fill some of the gaps within your budget because you are missing a lot of the little things, right? Like I went to Dollar General and that was five bucks. Like I didn't put that in my normal budget or just those little things that seem to just seep through the cracks when it comes to like a normal budget, especially when you're writing it out. You're likely going to get all the big things. Oh, I got my electric bill. I've got my car bill. I've got my mortgage. Those kinds of things like you don't miss on a normal paper budget. But I, I still encourage you to, to write all these things down. And, and even if you use just like a normal format that like we've got a, a document that you can use and you can, I encourage people to not only when they get it, make two copies. One will be your first copy that you will go through and do your budget on. And then the second copy is one that's a clean one that you, that you can create a new budget every single month going forward. But there's kind of some different ways that you can budget your monthly expenses and you can create what's called a zero-based budget which is something that Dave Ramsey and them preach which is basically at the end of the month there should be a zero all money is being accounted for whether that's you're putting $200 into an entertainment fund or whatever that might be that you have all of your money allocated to somewhere 
So if you are spending some money that you normally didn't have allocated, you need to take that money from a different bucket. I think that's a great method to take, especially if you're starting off and you really want to tackle some of these debts and get out of debt quick. That would be a great way to start. I find it that that's a little bit time consuming, especially as a young family that's got a lot of things going and maybe that are doing decent financially, that that's not maybe the best way to go, but that is a way that you can budget. Another one's just an envelope system where, and that's kind of going back to the old Dave Ramsey, which is for every single one of those categories that you had put out, once you earn your paycheck, you're taking that money and putting it into an envelope and basically paying cash for everything. As you know, today, there's some places that don't even take cash anymore. So that's a little bit harder, especially now in today's world. And then for that millennial type generation, that's really not appealing as well. And then there's an also just a standard rule of, of it's called the 50, 30, 20. And basically, it's just a breakdown of your budget. And that 50% is going towards what we'd classify as like your needs. This would be like your mortgage. This would be for your electric bill, your gas bill, your groceries, those types of things that you could try to skate by or cut things. That's great. But 50% of your budget's probably going to be going to those needs. 30% is going to entertainment. That would include... Something like your Netflix account, your Hulu account, your Amazon Prime account. This would include going out on date nights. This would include going to the movies or if you're a part of some type of golf membership or anything like that, that would be included in the entertainment. Things that you're kind of doing outside of maybe your workplace. And then the last 20% is going towards savings. And then that savings can even be broken down into a 15 5 but it really just depends on where you're at in your financial journey. But you can break that down where 15% is going into retirement and then 5% is going into some kind of cash savings or the cash savings is going towards whatever. That's a future purchase in a home or a future person purchase in a rental property, a future emergency fund, whatever that goal is for you. But 20% total of your of your income should be going towards savings in some way. But those are just kind of like the high-level overviews of how you can budget. But again, the budget needs to be tailored to you and what's going to make you stick to it. So if that's being a little bit more basic, so that way you can keep it going. If it's something that you guys, especially if you are two planners by chance, which doesn't really happen that often, then maybe that does make sense for you to do that zero-based budget, going through and, and doing everything by the detail. But one example I give a lot is if you thought about where you work and if nobody did any kind of accounting or business planning or anything like that, how do you think that that business would do? How long do you think that business would last? And probably the answer is not long. Then why do we as Americans view our own finances like that? We're just going day by day, spending our money, not thinking about the long-term goals and the long-term things that we're trying to accomplish. But what if we turned it around and started acting like our income is a business? We're bringing in revenue. We have expenses as a business. What ways can we invest that money to 
increase that business, increase that revenue. That should be something that you should be thinking about, not only to manage your finances, but to also build wealth in the long term. So kind of moving to the next segment, and that's going to be kind of managing your expenses. So this is after you've created your budget and you're looking through it and kind of trying to just fine tune what things are you spending too much money on. And I've gone again over this in episode 18, which is crushing debt. But just going through that that budget and going, okay, what are some things that we can really dial back? And then you can start even saying, hey, are we really using this enough to make it that it's worth it? For example, we've got Amazon Prime. I can debate with my wife if that's worth it. She thinks it's worth it. I think it's a load of crap. You're you're getting the same delivery time most of the time now. You're not getting it same day. You're often not even giving it in the two days. Is it really worth it? Those are things that you can make concessions with with your spouse to say, okay, what things are worth it and what things aren't. And there's so much money left on the table. And going back to that noodles situation, you could have a much more fine-tuned strainer to be able to catch more noodles and have more income at the end of the day. But this generation's so easy to get caught up in subscriptions and to spend money really quick because it's so easy. All you got to do is just put down your card for a tap and and you've got it and you can walk out. So making sure that you're going through and, and really looking at your budget and seeing where can we cut and where can we maybe cut back. But there's some different categories that you can look at to know if you're kind of in the normal range. And these were this was a study done by Forbes and Housing should be about 25 to 35% of your overall budget. Transportation, so driving your cars and all the all that bills all in one. So that would be your car payment, your ongoing expenses, your registration fees, your insurance, that kind of stuff should add up to about 5 to 15% of your overall budget. And just those two, that could almost equal 50% of your needs already. The big thing that I encourage people to look at when they're looking at those two things is, okay, your housing and your transportation shouldn't be both at the high end. It should be one, maybe one of them's higher and one of them's lower. And so my example would be if you are maybe living out in the country, well, maybe you shouldn't be spending as much on your home, but your transportation might be higher because you got to travel more miles to get to places where if you're maybe in the city, You can maybe have a little bit higher house and you're a little bit higher payment, but your transportation needs to be lower because you're not traveling that far. So those should be some two things that you need to look at when it comes to your overall budget. Some other things to look at too in the categories would be your food, which would be your groceries and dining out. That should be about 10 to 15% of your overall budget. And sometimes as a growing family, that could be a little bit, a little bit higher on that, on that totem pole. Personal care, which would be kind of like clothing, this should be 5 to 10%. Depending on where you're at in life, this could be probably cut back pretty easily. Another one would be health care. So this is insurance premiums. That's 10 to 15%. If you are a W-2 employee, likely this is a lot cheaper for you. But if you're a 1099 or self-employed, you know that this, this is a very high category, uh, especially in our budget in the Bowserman household. A loan repayment is another category. This would be excluding your car payments. 
this would be kind of consumer loans. This is 7 to 15% of your overall budget. Obviously, if you can be debt-free, that's 7 to 15% of your budget that you can put in other categories. That's the way I look at it. Utilities would be 4 to 7% of your overall budget. And then entertainment is 1 to 5%. Depending on the way that you budget and the way that you look at things, you may or may not find yourself in those ranges. But notice in there, there was no place for savings rate. Well, that's because it should be calculated before all those different categories. Often, we live in this society norm where it's like spend everything you got and then save what's left. Well, guess what? There's not going to be anything left or very little left at the end of the day. So making sure that you're prioritizing paying yourself first. And I know I've talked about that in episode 16 and episode 18. So the last part of this is just going to be after you're finding tune everything, you've created the budget, you're going through it with a fine-tooth comb. Where can we cut? Where can we save? Where can we allocate maybe some different funds? After you've done that, the most important thing is going to be sticking to your budget. And it's going to be the hardest thing to do. Everybody can go to the doctor and they'll tell you, hey, you need to cut back on your soda. You need to cut back on your sugars. You need to eat less, basically, because you're, you're gaining weight at a rapid rate. Everybody can hear that and know that they need to do it, but it's the actual doing part that's really difficult. So sticking to the budget is really important. I know from the financial planning side, I give the example of I can give you the best investment plan, the best financial plan on the planet. But if you don't do anything and don't act on it, then it's literally just a piece of paper. And the same goes for your budget. If you're willing to go through the process and and start to look at your budget and start to do that, you need to stick with it. And it doesn't mean stick with it every six months. It needs to be every month in and out you're looking at it. And some ways that you can do that to make it a little bit easier to stick to it, I think using some kind of an app or making the process electronic to be able to just look at it pretty quickly to see if you've deviated from your your budget from month to month so some different apps to look at would be mint is one of the most popular ones another one's called every dollar which is actually one of the ramsey solution apps that they've created and then we've got our complementary version it's just an excel sheet basically i've gone through and created a fillable excel sheet for you to go through and you can even change these different categories that i've talked about you know, whether it's transportation, housing, entertainment, all that kind of stuff, you can go through and go, okay, I live way out in the country. I don't really have much of a Netflix account, but we have a really high cable bill. Those are some things that you can go through on your budget and look at and see that, that you're paying for. That would be kind of step one is just making sure that it's really easy for you to go month to month and, and check all of that. Another thing that I would encourage you to do, especially with your spouse and doing this as a team, is to make it some kind of a date night or do it as kind of you can call it a business meeting basically you can maybe have some type of hors d'oeuvre maybe you're having drinks just sitting down for 20 minutes and just discussing this hey where did you spend money where did i spend money what what ways can we change our trajectory to make sure that we're accomplishing these goals as a team it's just so important to to stick to the plan and i thought 
Nate Bauman did a great job of this is just once you create the plan, have the discipline to keep going and accomplish these different goals. And you'll look back years from now and go, man, I was so glad that I took the time and the energy and the discipline to do all these things because I'm sitting so much better than if I didn't do that in the first place. So I encourage you going forward is to do the budget, stick to the budget. And if you would like any of those free formats, I've got a ton of different options for you. We've got the Excel version that we've created that you can either print off or do it in Excel or Google Sheet. Or I've even got some of the Dave Ramsey ones that you can use that you can fill out as well. Again, those two apps that I kind of mentioned are Mint and Every Dollar. So I encourage you to look at those if that's something that interests you as well. And of course, if I can be any resource to you, I'd love to talk. But all right, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.